Chapter 4, The Thief Lord, from the book, The Thief Lord. Prosper wasn't sure what had woken him, Riccio mumbling in his sleep, or Scipio's quiet steps. As he started from his sleep, a slender figure emerged from the dark. Under the black mask that hid Scipio's eyes, Prosper could make out his pale chin. The mask's long, crooked nose gave him an eerie, bird-like appearance. Similar masks had once been worn by doctors of Venice at the time when the Black Death had raged through the city more than 300 years ago. The birds of death, people called them. Smiling, the thief lord pulled the creepy thing from his face. Hi, Prop. Scipio let the light of his flashlight wander over the other sleeping faces. Sorry it got so late. Prosper pushed Bo's arm carefully from his chest and sat up. One day you're going to scare someone to death with that mask, he said quietly. How did you sneak in here? We bolted everything really well this time. Scipio shrugged. He ran his slender fingers through his long, raven black hair, which he usually wore in a ponytail. You should know by now that I get into any place I want to. Scipio, the thief lord. He liked to act grown up, although he was not much older than Prosper and a good bit smaller than Moscow, even in his high-heeled boots. These were much too big for him, but he always kept them well-polished. They were black leather, as black as the strange long coat that reached down to his knees. He never went anywhere without them. Wake the others, Scipio commanded in his bossy, condescending voice, which Hornet hated so much. Prosper ignored him. Well, you've woken me already, Mosca grumbled behind them, yawning. He pushed himself up from among his fishing rods. Don't you ever sleep, Thief Lord? Scipio didn't answer. He strutted like a peacock through the auditorium while Hornet and Muska nudged the others awake. I see you've done some clearing up, Scipio called out. Excellent. The place looked like a pigsty last time. Hi, Scrib. Bo scrambled so quickly out of his sleeping bag that he nearly fell over his own hands. Barefoot, he ran towards Scipio. Bo was the only one who could call the thief lord Sip without getting an icy stare in response. What did you steal this time? He asked excitedly, jumping around Scipio like a puppy. Smiling, the thief lord slipped a black sack from his shoulder. Did we check out everything properly this time? Riccio asked humbly, crawling out from underneath his stuffed animals. Come on, tell us. He'll start kissing his boots soon, Hornet grumbled so quietly that only Prosper heard it. I, for one, would be happy enough if the fine gentleman didn't turn up so often in the middle of the night. She frowned at Scipio while she squeezed her spindly legs into her boots. I had to change my plans at short notice, Scipio announced as they all assembled around him. He threw a folded newspaper towards Riccio. Read, page four, at the top. Eagerly, Riccio knelt down on the floor and started leafing through the large pages. Mosca and Prosper leaned over his shoulders. Hornet stood a little way away and played with her braid. Spectacular break-in in the Palazzo Contarini, Riccio read haltingly. Valuable jewelry and various works of art stolen. 
No trace of the perpetrators. He raised his head in surprise. Contarini? But we watched, we watched the Palazzo Pisani. Scipio shrugged. So I changed my mind. The Palazzo Pisani comes later. It won't run away, will it? And the Palazzo Contarini, he dangled the sack in front of Rocio's face, had a few worthwhile things in it. He enjoyed the attentive faces around him for a moment and then sat down cross-legged in front of the starry curtain. He poured the contents of his sack on the floor in front of him. I've already sold the jewels, he explained as the other stepped forward. I had to pay off a few debts, and I also needed a few tools. But here, these are for you. On the floor, sparkling in the dim light, lay a couple of silver spoons, a medallion, a magnifying glass with a silver snake coiled around its handle, and a pair of golden tongs set with tiny precious stones with a handle shaped like a rose. Bo, wide-eyed, leaned over Scipio's hall. Carefully, as if the treasures could crumble in his small hands, he picked up one piece after another, felt it, and put it back. Is it all real? he asked, looking at Scipio. Scipio just nodded. Pleased with himself and the world, he stretched his arms and laid down on his side. So what do you say? Am I the thief lord or not? Riccio just nodded dumbfoundedly, and even Hornet couldn't hide the fact that she was quite impressed. Boy, one day they're going to catch you, Mosca mumbled, staring fascinated at the serpentine magnifying glass. No way! Scipio rolled onto his back and looked up at the ceiling. Although I have to say it was quite a close call this time. The alarm system was not as old-fashioned as I expected, and the lady of the house woke up just as I snatched the medallion from her bedside table. But I was on the roof of the house next door faster than she could climb out of bed. He winked at Bo, who was leaning against his knee, looking at him awestruck. What are these for? Hornet asked holding up the rose tongs, for pulling hair out of your nostrils? Heck no, Scipio pushed himself up and snatched the tongs from her fingers. These are sugar tongs. How do you know all this stuff? Riccio gave Scipio a look between admiration and envy. You grew up in an orphanage just like me, but the nuns never told me anything about sugar, tong sugar tongs or stuff like that. Well, it's been a while since I ran away from the orphanage, Scipio answered, brushing the dust from his black coat. And furthermore, I don't bur bury my nose in comics all day. Riccio stared at the floor in embarrassment. Well, I don't read comics, said Hornet, putting her arm around Riccio's shoulder. And I've never heard of sugar tongs. And even if I had, I wouldn't be stupid enough to get all stuck up about it. Scipio cleared his throat, avoiding Hornet's look. Finally said more gently, I didn't mean it, Riccio. You can get through life perfectly well without knowing what sugar tongs are. But I can tell you this, it's quite a bit. So this time you better get a decent price from Barbarossa. Understood? Can you also tell us how then? Moscow exchanged his helpless glances with the others. We really tried last time, but he's just too smart for us. They all looked at Scipio remorsefully. Ever since he had become their provider 
and their leader. It had been their job to turn the loot into money while he took care of the stealing. Scipio had told them who to go to, but he left the haggling to them. The only person in town who would do business with a gang of kids was Ernesto Barbarossa. A fat man with a red beard, Barbarossa had an antique shop where he sold cheap trash to the tourists, but he also did secret deals with more valuable and usually stolen items. We're not all cut out for this. Negotiations and haggling and so on, Moscow continued. The Redbeard just takes advantage of us. Scipio frowned while he fiddled with the cord of his sack. Prop can haggle like no one else, Bo suddenly said. When we used to sell things at the flea market, he always put on this stony face and shut up, Bo. Prosper interrupted his little brother. His ears had turned bright red. Selling toys is a little different from all this. He nervously took the medallion out of Bo's hand. What's so different? Scipio scrutinized Prosper's face, as if he could read there whether Bo had been right or not. Well, I'd be glad if you dealt with it for us, Prop, Moscow said. Yes, Hornet shuddered. The Redbeard gives me the creeps every time he looks at me with his piggy little eyes. I always think he's secretly laughing at us, or that he's going to call the police or something. I can't wait to get out of his shop. Prosper scratched himself behind the ear, looking embarrassed. Well, if you think so, he said, I can probably haggle pretty well. But Barbarossa is crafty. I was there the last time when Moscow sold stuff to him. Try it, Scipio jumped up and hung the sack over his shoulder. I gotta go. I have another appointment to keep tonight, but I'll be back tomorrow. He pulled the mask over his eyes. Sometime in the late afternoon. I want to hear what you, he cast a thoughtful look over his loot. Well, if he offers you less than 200,000 lire, then just bring the stuff back for the time being. 200,000? Rosiso mouth stayed open. These things are definitely worth much more, Prosper insisted. Scipio turned around and just said, probably. He looked quite scary again with the long black bird nose. The naked lights cast his shadow massively on the movie theater's walls. See you, he said. He turned once more before vanishing through the musty curtain. Do we need a new code word? No, they all came quickly with an answer and in perfect harmony. Fine. Oh, yes, Bo? Scipio turned around. There's a cardboard box behind the curtain. There are two little kittens in there. Someone wanted to drown them in the canal. Look after them, will you? Good night, everybody. End of chapter four.